Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. This show was previously recorded. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios, pearlriverresort.com. That's where you can find out everything that is happening at the Golden Moon and Dancing Rabbit and all of the other good stuff they've got going on right now. Time for us to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. A familiar voice on your radio. Back with us as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2023 college baseball season. Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. Coach, uh, we're getting close. It's almost here. Tell you, Richard, it didn't take long to get back around here either, it seems like. <laughs> so, uh, but we're excited. You know, there's a lot of energy and, and uh, excitement about our program. I think college baseball as a whole across the country, it just doesn't do anything but continue to get bigger and bigger. So... I, I don't want to dwell on this at all, but I am curious about drive going forward. Based on the way the season ended, so much excitement, the the Super Regional come up short there at the very end. Does that fuel your guys into the off season, or is it a little bit different because guys kind of scatter all over the place with Summer League Baseball all over the country? Some guys have to actually take a little bit of time off just to get the rest that they need. But what does the way one season ends mean to the next season? There's only one program in the country that ends on a winning note, obviously, and and everybody else is trying to try to get that feeling the next year. And certainly, when you have momentum in your program, and how how we went so deep last year and into a super regional, uh, I can't help but think that our guys are excited about the opportunity at hand, knowing what they missed on last year, and and knowing the work that was put in to get to that feeling that we had. And, and that achievement of almost being to Omaha uh, in the year prior. Scott, I'm, I'm looking at your offensive returning players. If I'm looking at this right, it's five of the top six hitters and six of the top eight from a year ago, and it's not just guys that swung it well. It's guys that played every day. 66 starts for, for Dustin Dickerson, 60 for Slade Wilkes, 66 for Danny Lynch. Obviously, you lose Gabe Montenegro behind the plate. Peto starts 61 games last year. Sargent gives you 66 starts. You've got a ton of experience coming back, and not just experience, but high-level production from those guys. 
Well, we do, and you know, it's not just from last year; it's from the year before that. Uh, you know, we we ended the season in that regional in Oxford against Ole Miss, so we've got a ton of experience in that position player side of guys who have had that postseason ex- uh, experience, and uh, hopefully that you know moves us into this year, and, and they'll be the leaders of uh, of with these new guys and trying to steer us and, and trying to get in that postseason play again. You're still three and a half weeks from opening day. Talk to me a, a little bit about guys on the mound. Everybody knows about Tanner Hall, this, the incredible numbers that, that he had a season ago, the, the strikeout numbers, the fact that he didn't walk anybody, the batting average against was low, so much experience on the mound. Certainly, my assumption is he is the anchor of your staff, but what about the other guys? Well, you know, last year we had uh, Matt Adams really up there uh, late in the year for us and have continued that development through the fall and into this early spring. Nico Miza, a kid from MRA over in Jackson, didn't get much time last year as a true freshman, only really I think about three and a third or three and two-thirds of an inning, but has looked outstanding in fall or fall camp. Uh, He's really been excited about him. We've added a couple of pieces uh, with some JUCO kids from, from Mississippi, Will Armistead and Holland Towns, both junior college kids here in our state. Billy Odom's another kid that we reached out and, and were able to get here from the tra- through the transfer portal, a kid from Eastern Connecticut, had a ton of success at the Division three level. Now, obviously, this level of D1 is, is different. There's going to be an adjustment factor there, but you know, he's got the pitch ability that, that we're looking for and that in replacing um, of some of those guys that we lost last year. Visiting with Scott Berry, head baseball coach at uh, at Southern Miss, it's gonna it's gonna look different this year. for For a couple of years, it feels like we've been talking about conference affiliation, and I, I don't know if you feel this way. I, I know when we look at it, we see Sun Belt Conference. It feels like outside looking in, home sweet home. Uh, you know, some some natural rivalries that are built in there. An exceptional baseball league. What are your thoughts on finally? being a part of the Sun Belt and, and trying to chase after a conference crown here? Well, it's, I thought it was a great move on our part. Jeremy McLean uh, getting us into this, this Sun Belt is going to create, like you said, certain rivalries that are, that are close by that our fans can attend and theirs can. Conference USA, you know, it is what it was. I mean, it was Conference United States of America. I mean, you were zigzagging all over the place. <laughs> just, you know, it just didn't produce the, the, the atmospheres that, that you would like. But this new conference will, and it's, I think it's going to be a very strong conference, a top five RPI with, uh, with ourselves. Uh, being coming in the mix as well as Old Dominion and James Madison. We'll see what Marshall has to bring. They're, they're committed to building a new $22 million stadium there and have some new leadership. So certainly that's going to make uh, our, our conference stronger w- with time, I would think. But true challenge, Sunbelt's always been traditionally a good conference. Uh, but, you know, Richard, Conference USA has been a good baseball conference too. You know, I'm not going to take yeah. anything away. It's It's been uh, – it's it's – been really good. It's held its own, but I think that uh, the Sun Belt certainly is going to be much improved and be a very solid conference. And certainly, Conference USA was good to you guys. You, you mentioned Marshall Stadium a second ago. That's a good jumping off point. I was going to ask you. Jeremy McLean is is such a proponent of Southern Miss baseball, college baseball. What's on the drawing board? What, what's next for Pete Taylor Park? Because it, 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 to me, it feels like there's been kind of incremental improvement, right? I mean, you, your your attendance was so good. 
You've got the skyboxes, sold out of season tickets this year. The lights have been added. The field has been redone in recent years. The new video board, all of those things. What's next in, in terms of kind of continuing to develop and grow Pete Taylor Park? Well, I think it's going to have to be improve our capacity of um, being able to get more fans in there. Right now, we've, we've sold 3,400 season tickets. Uh, you know, last year we set a record of 2,800. So the demand is certainly wow. there uh, for for some type of facility enhancement to get more people in. You know, I think what we don't want to do is we don't want to build too big of a stadium where that demand isn't there. And uh, you know, it's a it's a really great atmosphere for college baseball here. We're proud of this this park and what it brings. But you know, I think what you're going to see in in the next two three years is, is certainly some renovations that 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 allow us to get more people in. Scott, we talked a little bit a, a year ago about Transfer Portal and NIL and what that could mean for Southern Miss. Obviously, you, you lose some pieces because of that, and, and that part of it's disappointing. But do, do you see opportunities there for you as well to be able to uh, continue to build your roster as necessary through the Transfer Portal and, and maybe have some opportunities for guys to, to benefit individually as well? Well, you know, I think that's certainly insurance for everybody, you know, that you have that's never been a factor in, in recruiting and roster replacement. One thing that we battle in, in college baseball that no other sport is, is that draft and how late it is in the summertime. I mean, you're looking at the third week of July, and most schools are starting a month later. So there's not much time to go out and, and find those replacements for, for what you lost, you know, in our in our situation, we lost five guys to the draft last year, all pitchers that could have come back. So, you know, it's, time's pretty short to try to replace that. But the transfer portal does give you an opportunity to do that. I mean, there's certain things about the transfer portal I like. Uh, there's certain things that I don't like. But it is here, and it's probably here to stay. So we're all going to have to adjust and, and learn how to use it uh, to benefit us and, and the student-athlete as well. You've always talked to me about team chemistry and the importance of guys wanting to be at the ballpark, loving the game, putting the work in. Are you deep enough into getting ready for this season to have a sense of what kind of chemistry you may have with your guys on this team? No, I don't think so. I think that works its way uh, through the process of uh, those that uh, you know, are are not playing. Uh, how they handle that? You know, um, are they uh, kind of pouting over there, or are they are they good teammates and and being ready for the opportunity? We talk a lot about that. You know, we can only put nine guys out there at any given point during that game. So my message to them is: be one of those nine at any point during that game to help us win a game, and that means being committed to do whatever it takes, to having a great attitude, uh, being able to pinch hit, being able to pinch run, being able to come out left on left, get a lefty out, whatever it is. You know, put your feelings aside where you're not getting what you thought you were going to get, but you know that, that it's important to the team to be ready to deliver. And I think once your team establishes that uh, through, in our case, all 37 players, and that's when you'll understand if chemistry is, is a part of your team or not. Fortunately, last year, I think, um, with, I've been 39 years now. This is the 39th year of college baseball as, a, as an assistant or a head coach. But last year's team achieved chemistry sooner than any other team that I've ever been a part of. And it, it was created by those at the top, the leadership within that, that clubhouse, 
making those guys understand and getting everybody on the same page of what it's all about to be to be a part of Southern Miss baseball team. And I don't think there's any other program that isn't trying to achieve that same feeling as well. It's not just us, it's everybody. Scott, thanks as always for your time. Great catching up to start the year and uh, look forward to talking to you throughout the course of the season. Richard, thank you. Forward to it as well. Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. We'll be right back. This show was previously re- this show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us a second ago, we were talking about actually answering a question about how a coach can win a national championship and be fired two years later, specifically talking about Ed Orgeron and Gene Chizik won national championships, fired shortly thereafter. We get a message here. It says, Hey Dad, based on that statement, if Lamonis doesn't win this year, he should be gone. So let's talk about that. If Mississippi State has back-to-back losing seasons in baseball, especially with a new athletic director, I think Lamontis would be in trouble. I, I mean, I, I honestly do. Fired back in trouble losing... or get it together or Maybe? else in trouble? Well, I mean, you definitely would have to. You would see Fox Hall and Gotro would be gone, for sure. The assistants would be gone. Be like, you got to get something different going here. Um. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, but that being said, Mississippi State baseball, back-to-back losing seasons, I don't – it hasn't happened since Ron Polk took over the first time. I'll just put it that way. So, and it may, I mean, honestly, I, I, I could – I guess I, – no, take it back. I take it back. They did. They did. 08, 09, 10. So the end of Polk and then the start of John Cohen's tenure, they were just so – Talent deprived that they couldn't win, and Cohen got that turned around. But I mean, I think yeah, I think that there would be some conversations had, and if they let him go, they could be considered justified because this is Mississippi State baseball. It's an elite program. You won the national title two years ago, and you follow that up with that. You don't build upon that. Instead, you go the complete opposite direction. Yeah, you go first to worst, and then be, in this scenario, another losing record would again? be in the bottom yeah. quarter of the league. Yeah, I think so. And some people would think that's crazy, but you can't accept losing when you invest in baseball what Mississippi State invests in baseball. You can't. No. You can't no. do it. Now, no, you can't. And, the, and you I don't expect them to have a losing season either. But I don't either. Yeah, that's not the question. Yeah, that, that's the good. That's the good news in all this. Everybody's getting riled up, right? It's, it's not likely to happen. I would be incredibly surprised if this team isn't in the postseason. But these are—I mean, these are the conversations. I've said this before. Like Al, Nick Saban has won however many national titles at Alabama, six, seven—I don't know. But if he had back-to-back losing seasons, he would get fired. No questions asked. Oh, you Nobody know would happened. be surprised. 
he would get fired. He went five and seven, four and eight. He's gone. No question. Heck, if he went seven and five, six and six, he's gone. Because that's what elite programs do. They don't tolerate losing seasons. No. And you'd get somebody that would say, well, but he just won a championship. He more recently finished last in the league. Yeah. That's the sobering part of last season. He more more recently finished dead last in the SEC than won a championship. Yeah. Can't ignore that. It's great great that he won a a national championship. Huge deal. He'll never be forgotten. But back-to-back losing seasons, and people are going to be, you know, upset, to say the least. Yeah. So, I mean, this is Mississippi State where, you know, you had, <coughs> excuse me, you had four coaches in four years and you went to four straight Super Regionals and two College World Series under them. I mean, you can find the right guy. Yeah. And especially in a league that gives you so much wiggle room. I mean, you don't have to win 20 conference games. Uh, right. You simply don't have to. Hunter says if State is really bad again, then yeah, it could be talked about, but let's be honest, they're not going to be bad again. I think so. I think that's the correct. The West is a bear, though. I mean, that's just... It definitely is. But But Mississippi State is one of those bears. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be better this year. Craig and Jackson asking a question that is... This is new to me, but you're obviously more locked in than I am. He said, have you heard the lack of use of the pitching lab? No. I doubt they're not using every bit of resource. Yeah. Available. I would be surprised by that. Jason says Lamotis didn't just miracle into the championship, though. He's been in Omaha since he got there, except last year's ridiculousness won't be a losing season. He had two, I mean, obviously 2020 doesn't count. He had two seasons where he was in the College World Series, and then he had last year's terrible season. You know, it, I, He's going to be given every opportunity to bounce back this year. I think he will bounce back, and I think the program's in fine shape going forward. They continue to recruit well. So... Lee. This is all. This is all just fun speculation on, oh, a, yeah. on a February uh, Monday. That's all. It fodder, if nothing else. Liam Benton says if that's the case, Bianco should have been long gone, even though they had won it last year. Well, they never. He never finished last in the West either. That's the thing with Mike Bianco is they were never bad. Not good enough, but they were never year. bad. I think, I think. I think it was like when they had that number one class, like Kessinger and Dillard, that first year Those when they were, were all freshmen. freshmen yeah. I think they. I think they missed the tournament that year. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, Mike, Mike and Oxford would definitely let me know if I'm wrong. But they weren't great that year. No. You know, but at the same time, we, we, we think about what we're saying. One more loss in the regular season last year, and Mike Bianco would have been fired. If they didn't make the no tournament, questions it would asked. have happened. It, yeah. it would have. Well, if they had lost one more game in the regular season, they would have been. He would have been fired. That's not and opinion. That is that is not opinion. That that's is, a fact. That is a that is a fact of life. So, I mean, it was that the, the margins at, at when you're talking about at the top levels, national championship things. The the margins are so thin, you know. It's either success or failure. It's not pretty good. Mississippi State football can enjoy pretty good seasons from now until the sun decides to to finally stop shining, and nobody will ever say anything. You know, state state can be anywhere seven, eight, nine wins a year, and everybody's just happy as can be. Mississippi, excuse me, Mississippi State baseball can't be mediocre. Mississippi State baseball can't be missing, you know, NCAA tournaments. And Ole Miss baseball is the same way. Yeah, they you know? invest and similarly. Bianca won the national title. Bianca won the national title last year. Let him finish last in the SEC this year. 
and then follow that up with another one and see what happens. Gone. Yeah, that the honeymoon would end very fast with consecutive years like that. And again, yeah. we don't think that's going to happen. It's none uh, of that's going to happen. No. Who's going to pitch though? Do we? I mean, they've had they started scrimmaging. Do we have any idea? Because I've seen some concern because. They've been hitting really well, which always the double-edged sword. Spring games are the same way. People cheer yeah, when their know, team right? scores a touchdown, and it's like, well, you, you just gave up a touchdown. Same thing here. Yeah. The bats are great in the, the yeah. preseason scrimmages, but does that mean the arms aren't? Yeah, you, you, you never know. I think they're okay. I think State's got good bats, first and foremost. I mean, they've got a lot of pop in that lineup, or at least they should. Um, I think Friday night, you know what is that? What are we now? Eleven days away. Uh, Friday night start will be Cade Smith. I'll be surprised if the Saturday guy's not Landon Gartman, the transfer from Memphis. And then Sunday's up in the air. I really won't be overly surprised if at least for the first Sunday you see Gerangelo Sanjay out there. Really? Just to so see he's been what good. He can do. I won't be surprised. He's been good, and he's just. Such a unique. I mean, he's a good pitcher too. I mean, it's the guy who's throwing ninety four, ninety five from the right and ninety one, ninety two from the left. And they need to figure out what he is going to be for this team. So why not put him out there on a Sunday against a VMI team that you should score eleven, twelve runs against? Let him get some innings and see what he's got. So I won't be totally surprised if it's him on Sunday. But that Sunday spot is definitely up for grabs. Oh, I can't wait. Hunter says Smith. Uh... KC Hunt would be the first two. I think they they might start KC Hunt in the bullpen. They might want to give him a chance to be a, a guy there. I, 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 he might start. He might. He could. I won't be totally surprised if he does. But I think he's more of a weapon on the back end between him and Aaron Nixon. Like you like to see one of those guys become. Nobody's ever going to be Landon Sims, but can you be a good closer for Mississippi State? State, that was their huge problem last year. Is they just could not get outs in in the late innings. They 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 constantly they blew leads, they gave away games. They they, they need some some strength in the bullpen. This show was previously recorded. show was previously recorded sports talk mississippi here we, here we go, go super talk mississippi brandon johnson 
Stairs in to get the signal from Dunhurst. We're ready to go again. The one-two pitch to the DH on its way. He stuck him out on a breaking ball. And the Ole Miss Rebels are your national champions. 4-2 the final score. one in is the last one standing. Oh my goodness. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Normally all guests would appear on the Farm Bureau guest line, but today... Guests are in person here at Swayze Field, and we're joined by David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels. Is that fun to listen back to that? That is so much fun. It doesn't get old, even for me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've heard it now a million times, and uh, it, it's it's really, really cool. You know, the interesting part of that, of course, you've been in uh, play-by-play for a long time, Richard, is that a couple of my peers contacted me earlier in that day uh, via text and said, uh, you got something planned if you win it all in this game? And I just said, no, 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 I'm not writing anything down. If I write something down, I'll screw that up. <laughs> you know, So I may have told you on your show before, but I did just went and called it, and, and, and it came out uh, pretty decent but what a incredible season i know that we're about to start another one i can't believe we're about to do that either seemed like we just left omaha yesterday but uh it was a phenomenal year and for me personally you know on what's been a long long career it's really fun to be able to do that for sure david kellum with us inside swayze field season opener tomorrow it's the beginning of season number what for me for you uh 45 is that right? Mm-hmm. That's Six, really cool. 64 years old now, so I'm closer to the end than the beginning, I would think, by now. You were, you were talking about football schedules 14 <laughs> years from now. DK won't be dealing with that. <laughs> I'm looking about. Don't know where you're going to be when Ole Miss <laughs> yeah. plays Purdue in 2037, yeah. and it's not going to be West Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, I hope I'm around, even you know, yeah. I can sit up and try to watch it, maybe. But uh, you know, I think a lot of people ask about. Retiring, a lot of folks have retired here in the league just the last few years, you know. But I don't know if it'll be a year, three years, five years, eight years, whatever. Uh, as long as I enjoy it and you know enjoy the prep piece of it, we'll see. But uh, uh, it, you know, those future had... schedules, I'm not paying much attention. You know, Jack Christie's telling me all the time when I ask him, I said, "Jack, how many more years are you going to go?" And he went many more after the first time started. He said, "Well, David, I'm not buying any green bananas right now." <laughs> it's one of the greatest lines of all time. That's uh, that's really good. Um, I asked Mike yesterday, spent some time with with him, long interview, he was great. And I asked him, you know, season ended, they came home for the quick celebration and the parade, he has to go to North Carolina for for Team USA Mm -hmm. baseball, then they go across the world. And I asked him, I said, when did you get to the point where you just kind of sat down and reflected a little bit and and thought about it, and it was like, holy cow, did that really happen? Did did you have a moment like that? Because I did. Season ended, and and you go into a little bit of a hibernation in the summer where you don't do as many radio shows, and you you kind of disconnect after a long season, Mm -hmm. well-deserved. 
When did that moment come for you? Well, you, going back to Mike, you, you know, we know him. You know, he put 150 percent into that piece too, and so it was kind of, you know, a situation where he couldn't really celebrate it till he got back. So right. I know that that was was his deal. My deal was getting back, and normally we don't go that far. So I've got a two month gap. Well, we're already talking football by the time I get back, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. <laughs> I, get a, a I, little, I need a minute, a little time off. But I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks after the the celebration, and then Mary and I spent probably a month just every now and then look at each other and say we won a national championship i mean yeah. you know it's just, and it's still kind of uh, sinking in i guess but it, it was a strange season uh from the, the the struggles in the middle a fun uh story a great story in fact but uh, it, it took me a couple of weeks for it to really sink in yeah a team that went from number one to unranked and mm-hmm. looking like they might not even make the sec tournament to they make the sec tournament get bounced last team into the field and then they carry a trophy on it all. You know, Richard, I felt good, though, getting in. We were playing good baseball by that point. You know, losing to Vanderbilt in the first game of the SEC tournament is not a shock by any means. I mean, gosh, that thing is one of the best events that yeah. we have in the country. Uh, but you, you just were, hope that that didn't cost you. Right, right. So once you got in, you felt like, okay, we got the pitching going. We're hitting the ball really good. we got a chance to see how deep we can go. You know, I don't know if you're uh, – their goal was to win it all, obviously, sure. once you get in. But I don't know if you anticipate that. Let's see how far we can go. You had tough assignments because you didn't play well at home. Didn't the, the amazing thing is we didn't play a single one of those games here. I mean, the month of June, we're in Miami, we're in Hattiesburg, we're in Omaha. I was at my house five days. Five days I spent the night at my house in the month of June. So uh, you didn't do any of it with the advantage you got at home. And so that's a big piece of the the story as well. But, uh, boy, the guys just played really, really good. and uh, it, was, it was a fun run for sure. All right, so looking at this 2023 season, mm-hmm. you, you got faces returning, but there are also a bunch of guys that, that meant a lot to this program for a long time who are gone. I, I always think there's a, a fascinating – and, and you've seen it go both ways, right? I mean, we, we talked lots about Mississippi State. They went it all two years ago. Mm-hmm. Had a ton of injuries last yeah, year. They yeah. end up finishing last in the SEC. But we've also seen, if you want to go back a little farther, a team like South Carolina that goes back-to-back national championships. And I'm always curious about how you get your guys back, how you get them locked in and focused, and you turn the page. and, and you. Fo- I asked Mike about that. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to think that that was an issue at all. For this particular team, but it is a fascinating kind of mindset that you've got into to, to start over. Well, I think it's the consistent approach that Mike's had to his program for years and years and years. I mean, they get to the beginning of a start of a season, they feel pretty good about having taken care of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and ready to start a new season. There's always some mystery because you have turnover, uh, you know, every single year. But I look up and we're ranked, I think, as high as fourth in one of the national polls, and we're preseason picked fourth in the West of the SEC. So <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of the way it is in our league and all. It's a tough league, and you you know, you know got a chink in the arm, you get in trouble uh, in a hurry. But there's some there's some good parts come back. They paid Chatney is a, a great piece, and Kemp Alderman, who, the progress, the step he made from two years ago to last year was phenomenal. So you got Kemp back in the, the lineup. And I, there, there will be some, some newness and some new players we're not familiar with, but that kind of happens every single year. Hunter Elliott being back is gigantic, obviously, and we'll see how the, the, the bullpen kind of shakes out down the road as well. but uh, You're in I'm the sure middle of basketball right now. Have right. you had a chance to, to watch any of the inter-squad games? I, like or? three innings. Okay. I swung by here, saw a little bit periodically, but no, I haven't had a chance to devour it by, by any means because we've been traveling doing hoops left and right. But uh, I'm excited to see some of the new guys, see what they can do. 
So what do you? I, I, you heard me say I was going to throw math at you. Yeah. This booth over here, which has been your home in this stadium since well, kind of actually since started in this one. This yeah. was the home booth until we hosted a regional one year, and I realized that booth was better. I don't guess I ever went down there. I said, we're going to switch. And Langston Rogers said, why do you want to switch booths? I said, well, it's got a, a shelf in the back and cabinets. It's a whole lot you better room. Yeah. <laughs> you just switch the name. That's home. This is visitors, you know. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking about the number of hours. Gosh, I don't know. You, you figure uh, if, if you want to do just broadcast time, three and a half hours a game or whatever for, for all those years, it's, it's a bunch of hours. I'll say that much. Yeah. We, we were playing around with numbers, and we came up with a little over 6,000 hours. Oh, wow. Really? Which is a lot. That's a bunch I mean, if you hours. think about a, a like a standard work year, yeah. like for an 8 to 5, 40, that's, that's 2,000 hours. Oh, Learfield owes me a raise, right, Houston? <laughs> we need to go. Can you negotiate I that need to on the air? that right here on the air with, with them. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, you got to love the, the game and sports and um to be able to you know sit there and do that for that long and I do I love the sports that I call and um I don't really think about it too much from a time standpoint what is it about the ballpark yeah you and I've spent a lot of hours together mm-hmm. in in these booths in this stadium and in booths in other places as well but there's something that feels different about getting to the ballpark in baseball than I don't know it feels getting early to a football stadium or, mm-hmm. or to a basketball arena so so what is it about baseball that just kind of grabs you and pulls you in and it just feels comfortable the, the other things going on batting practice you know getting to visit with the coaches a little bit it's not quite as intense not that they're not focused and really yeah. ready to play a game but it's not quite as intense basketball's kind of boom boom and you play uh football is really really tight and you don't really have access to players there on the field you can you know hang out behind the batting cage and do things so early arrivals always been something i've enjoyed uh, through the years, and um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've met somebody behind, the, you know, the, the cage uh, at other schools and, and built a relationship with them just sure. simply because we're watching BP. You yeah, know? it's a uh, certainly is unique. Um, new faces, we mentioned that Grayson Sonier, who I guess you will not mm-hmm. get to see this weekend since right, I'm basketball on, I'm on Saturday. Yeah, but a uh, a freshman that people think is going to be a star transfers which is kind of a, a different piece than we've had in uh, in recent years in the college baseball world as you've talked with Mike and maybe Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement and some others around the program your thoughts on this season that begins tomorrow I think most of my conversation been with Mike Clement uh, and he's he's been very very positive. Uh, he, he really knows the, the pitchers well because his guys have been facing, facing them, them all know? the time. And uh, he told me he said I said what about the rotation? And Mike said it's good. <laughs> so if he says it's good, I'm believing it. You're, Not that the offense that. didn't have some su- su- success, but uh, we'll see how it pans out. You're always gracious with your time. Thanks for stopping hey, man, by. I love you, brother. David Kelly. See ya. From the Ole Miss Sports Network, from Learfield, play-by-play, he'll be on the call for opening day tomorrow. I do get opening day tomorrow, yeah. Ole Miss in Delaware, 3.30 airtime, 4 o'clock first pitch. Season opener here at Swayze. Got more coming up with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. This show was previously recorded. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. 
back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Don't forget, you've still got an opportunity to register for tickets. In fact, you got a lot of opportunities still to uh, register for tickets for the Morgan Wallen concert. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford. And Super Talk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win. Enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state. For example, the old Coke plant in Brookhaven, Seals Tire and Auto in Gulfport, or at Cobalt's Boutique in Columbus. There are many other locations as well. For the full list, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium on Sunday night, second of two shows. That's April 23rd. Ticket giveaway brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Will, you might do a better job with that read than me. You you can uh, you can do those for the rest of the day if you want. Okay, I'll do. Okay. I mean, you wrote them, I, I, I think. I think you did change, a really good job. Change up the location. Well, I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> uh, a lot of excitement about the uh, Morgan Wallen concert as well. There's some things that are, are changing here. So the band practice, kind of slide out of the way. You, you can kind of see over, wait, which way am I? Am I going the wrong way? Houston, oh, Houston can adjust the camera. Nah, that's not what. This isn't working how I'd hoped that it would. So uh, <laughs> he's got it. We got, like, he's the, got the, it. There it is. There. there. So you've got the, uh, the, the, the setup with behind the student section, a little bit different look this year. But they are putting in a, oh, wow, that's really <laughs> close. <laughs> Look at Somebody that. had spaghetti for lunch. <laughs> There's now, a new see, batter's now, yeah, eye that's, move. that's going in. Here, I'll, I'll there, it there. there it is. There it is. I'm getting the wee little chair. So the new batter's eye going in. So because of the band practice field construction and the removal, whether planned or not, of a bunch of big, mature oak trees behind the center field wall, the ball, when it was being released from the pitcher's hand, was showing up against a couple of white houses up on top of the hill. You can just barely see that uh, it was kind of blending into that. And so they had to enlarge the batter's eye. They, they took down the old frame, kind of doubled the size of the structure, made it taller. And now, at least for now, they've got a kind of a screen that is going in. I, I don't know if that's permanent or temporary or what it is they're settling on, but that can't be permanent. Um, there's like so, like it feels like there might should be a pardon our progress sign. Yeah, at the uh, stadium as it begins. Those trees were nice too, man. It, it, I imagine that they will do something around the fence of the bandfield that's going in. But um, have I told you the story, by the way, uh, of how I got this scar? Have I ever showed you that? No, that happened right over there. Are you, are you going to show the yeah, people it, that are? Uh, you can't see it on screen, but it, it's a eh, five, six-inch thick scar that's uh, half an inch wide or so, and I got 22 staples right over there. So moved in on a Friday. This happens on a Sunday. And my idiot roommate challenged a former Arkansas State champion to a tennis match r- right on those tennis courts back there. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just sitting hanging out watching him because it was a Sunday afternoon. There was nothing better to do. Ball goes over the fence. Oh, I know where this is going. So I jump the fence to go get the ball. Fence gets stuck on my shorts. It comes down, snaps back up, just slices my arm wide open. It was so open. 
that when I moved my fingers, you could see like my ligaments moving inside of my arm, right? So Gross. We, we rushed to the car, get in the car. The only thing my roommate had in his car were Budweiser pajama pants. So I wrapped my arm up in that, and they take me to the hospital. I had another cut. You see the small scar right there. That must have been the only thing that they saw was that. It didn't help also that my roommate was hitting on the pregnant nurse, asking her if dad is around. So so that didn't help uh, my cause at all. But I sat there for hours without them touching it. Nothing at all. So it started uh, scabbing over on the inside. Doctor finally comes in. We unwrap the pajama pants. And he looks at it, looks at me, looks at the nurse and says, we've got to hold him down. And I said, what? Grabbed me here, grabbed me there. He takes a towel and, and I mean, his arm was shaking, opened the entire thing back up and then stapled it together. Oh, I mean, he, he had to open the, cause it was, it was scabbing on the inside. So he, he goes, hold him down and they're holding me down and just opened it right back up and they stapled me up and yeah, got this, uh, permanent scar. This show was previously recorded. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of STMM Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. STMM Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This show was previously recorded. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Four o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sat down earlier today with Mike Bianco. Long conversation. It's a three-part conversation, and it starts right now. This feels a little different than it uh, than it did a year ago. It's like things have changed just a bit. We've only talked once since uh, since June. I guess I should start again by saying congratulations on a, an incredible run a year ago. Well, I appreciate it, and so we're 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 a couple of days from opening day, so I don't know when this is going to air. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, we've had a lot of congratul uh, congratulations and a lot of pats on the back, but I think Friday at four, you know, that all ends. You know, you can't say congratulations, you know, from the year before. So, uh, looking forward to Friday. I was going to ask you about about turning the page, and maybe that's the the best place to start. Um, you, you you want to soak it in. You, you want to celebrate. Fans want to celebrate. But if you go into a new season thinking about what you accomplished last year, that feels like it's probably a recipe for disaster. It is. Um, you know, I I don't know how you know an athlete 
in today's world or a coach in today's world would ever you know get to that point yeah i think that's more for the fans i think that's more for hey they better focus on this year yeah i don't know you know of course you know what, what do you think we've been doing the last six months uh, uh but one of the answers that to, to that question that i've said to, to several people is uh you know it wasn't easy or it wasn't hard to turn the page when you walk into the first team meeting on whatever date that was august 20th and uh, you look into the room and 20 of the guys 20 of the 40 guys sitting in that room weren't here last year and uh you know they came here to win their ring you know and when you go to the governor's mansion in the first week of november uh to be honored you know the team that you've been coaching for three months half of those guys didn't get on the bus see because they weren't on the team you know when you go to get recognized at halftime or walk through the grove of the alabama football game uh these are all neat things and great things but half the guys you've been coaching, you know, aren't part of that. And so, uh, you know, quickly, and I think that's what makes college athletics great, you know, that the, the teams change, that the new players uh, come in, new recruits, new transfers. And, you know, we, we've, you know, gosh, I'm sure your show has been covered up with Transfer Portal and NIL and all these other things that we talk about. Um, I think that we're in a, a time where uh, it's it, it should be easy to be able to put in a rearview mirror and move on. But we tried to challenge ourselves as well as to not take that away from the fans or the players that were part of that or to the coaches, but give it its place, you know, and its place isn't in your everyday life, you know, 24 uh, seven, but it's good to have you know, great memories. And, but how can we use that to help us, you know, you know become a better baseball program? So uh, I, that, that was a long answer, probably longer than I meant it to be. But the truth is, you know, I don't think anybody's, you know, thinking about, you know, last year right now. I realize asking you to reflect on last June when you're two days from opening day maybe is a little bit unfair to you, so forgive me for that. Um, but, <laughs> but here we go. So you finished the College World Series. You've got USA Baseball immediately after that, and, and you just dive right into it. When was the moment that you finally sat down on your back porch, had dinner with your wife, and and just kind of – took a deep breath and reflected you know uh first of all don't don't ever feel sorry for me i live a great life and i've been very blessed and fortunate so uh but it was a busy busy summer and to you know uh winning the championship uh and then two days later going to carry north carolina you know that that was that was hard physically probably mentally and emotionally uh there's a lot worse things in life and uh and so uh i i don't really know the exact time and probably the best way to answer it is it probably was in different, you know, uh, layers, you know, like the you know, peeling back an onion, as they say. Um, I mean, sure, there was times, you know, probably, you know, that night, uh, you know, that we won the championship. Uh, but there's different moments. I think, you know, everybody, when you have these great moments in your life, there's different things that you remember and, and things that you didn't, you, you forget. And then somebody reminds you of, you know, uh, so now just thinking about them, thinking about how cool the parade was, how cool it was to have so many people here on that Wednesday night, uh, that 15 minutes later, we were on a jet flying to North Carolina. But before that, you're sitting here, you know, amongst, you know, 7,000 Ole Miss fans, you know, in a, in a celebration at our stadium. So there was so many, you know, cool moments and, uh, but probably Probably the breather part of it was probably mid-August. You know, when we got back, we uh, from the Netherlands. Uh, 
a lot of a lot of visits, a lot of recruiting visits because I'd been gone, you know, and and so not just being gone for the USA team, we planned on that, but we were gone the whole month of June. We were gone from May, basically middle of May, you know. <laughs> uh, at one point, I think Cami and I counted uh, at least me personally, and you know, uh, I uh, and. The past whatever fifty two days, you know, only forty one days were or forty one days were spent on the road of fifty one days, so only home ten days, and so yeah, um, but it's a, it was a good busy, you know, we've been busy even through the fall, but it's been a good busy. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I would think that you've gotten lots of anecdotes from fans or people that you've talked to. So the first Ole Miss baseball game I went to was in nineteen eighty nine, the first year of the new stadium. The first game that I broadcast was your first year. Had season tickets as a kid, like used my grass cutting money mm-hmm. to to buy season tickets. And randomly, since the College World Series, I've had moments where I'm like, "Did that really happen? Like that was unbelievable." And then to take it a step farther, it's like, "Okay, I've been doing this since I was nine years old, but I got to share that moment with all three of my kids mm-hmm. who love going to baseball as well." And it's like they're these family ties that that kind of go through generations, whether it's grandfathers and sons or dads and daughters or dads and sons or cousins or whatever. It it, it really is. I don't even know if there's a question there other than just, it, it's kind of, it's kind of surreal to think about what happened and, and kind of ha- what all had gone into that. Well, I, I, will, I will tell you that one of the coolest things, uh, and Cammie said it over and over, uh, is to hear people's stories, to hear people's stories of how they got to Omaha. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I remember a story uh, of, a, I, I think, a, a woman and her father, I'm going to guess, was probably in his 70s or 80s. And it was her, his birthday coming up. And she said, hey, when, when we beat Arkansas in the semifinals to get to the championship, she said, hey, do you want to go to Omaha? You know, we'll jump in a car and we'll drive and we'll get there. And, and he's like, ah, nah, it's going to be too difficult. And, you know, nah, I don't want to do that. We'll watch it on TV. Much easier. We'll enjoy it here. And then the next morning he calls her at 6 a.m. and says, hey, listen, let's go to Omaha. And so they jumped in a car and drove to Omaha and watched the national, the two, you know, the national championship series. And there's so many stories like that. So many stories of fathers, sons, fathers, daughters, um, how they got there, you know, all their mishaps along the way, flights being canceled uh it's it's really it's been really cool to hear all the people reminiscing about you know their experiences and i I think that was one of the things when people said hey did you know winning that what you know motions anything different i I think that's one part of it is just you know listening to everybody how much you know it meant to everybody uh and hearing their journey you know along the way so that's been really cool and and then there were stories even within your team like T.J. McCants, whose mother hangs on for dear life to be able to see her son and and said, you're going to play in Omaha, and then she got to see that. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, for yeah, your listeners don't, don't realize, you know, TJ's mom was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago when he was a freshman towards the end of his uh, freshman year. Uh, there was a time last year during the season that they didn't think she would make it. She came up here basically to say goodbye to him uh, and couldn't make it through the weekend. And uh, he flew home that week uh, to be with her and then flew back uh, the next weekend to meet us in Arkansas. I think in his very first at bat, he hit a home run at uh, at Arkansas on the road. Um, 
and uh, yes, yeah, you made it to, to Omaha, and uh, just really cool, really cool to, um, you know, moment obviously for for him that he'll he'll never forget. But I mean, uh, you start to realize that you know, even though we won a championship, and you know, uh, how many cool things that at the end of the day, it's just a baseball game. Yeah. Mike, is that the and and we'll kind of turn the page after this to to this year's team. Is that the thing that maybe fans lose sight of is the the family piece that goes in with being part of a team and having guys around you that can kind of help you through the bad times in addition to being able to celebrate the good times? Wow. Tough, deep question. Um, I think my answer would be probably some fans. You know, they, they want to win so much, and you know, you're kind of oblivious to all the work and all the things, all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. Uh, maybe to some people, but you know, um, I, I don't think the majority. You know, I think the majority uh, appreciates. They appreciate these kids. They appreciate how hard they work. They appreciate the coaches. Uh, they appreciate the grounds crew and everything that goes into making a baseball game. Yeah, there's there's always going to be that uh, uh, segment, you know, that, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, tend to be miserable, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that's in everyday life, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that's unfortunate. But I, I think most people realize, you know, that these are regular kids. They go to class. They, um, they, they have tough things. They, they have moms die of cancer. They have parents that the divorce. They break up with their girlfriend, you know, two hours before a game. Uh, um, they're regular people. You know, uh, the coaches are regular people. And, uh, you know, uh, but I think I, I think in my heart, I could be wrong. I think most people get that. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Continuing our conversation with Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss, as we uh, get set for the start of the 2023 season. So no more questions about last year, or at least for now. Um, so turning the page to this team, there are familiar faces that are coming back, maybe even more than people realize, but a lot of new faces that are, are rolling in as well as you begin kind of the start of a new journey. What What is the message to your team? You, you kind of go with a theme each year. Uh, so maybe let's start there, kind of what you're doing theme-wise with this team. Um, you know, what we, uh, as we talked about it, just going into the fall, you know, how, how do we use, you know, the, this championship uh, to better us, you know, not with pats on the back to feel good, but how do we, how do we use it recruiting wise? How do we use it, you know, uh, you know, with this, this existing team and so on. So there's a lot of different ideas and not to get, you know, too much into the weeds and, you know, a lot that I probably don't want to share on the air. Um, but one of the things that I thought was important 
uh, because this is a good mix. This is a good mix of returners. We return five of the starting nine in Omaha. Uh, we, we return uh, several pieces, you know, on the mound. Uh, but then you also welcome in the number two ranked recruiting class. You welcome in, you know, three or four transfers that I think will impact the program immediately. And uh, all of those things are good. But let's not lose sight you know, of our foundation and who, who we are and, and how we got here. Um, and so, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, our core covenants, but uh, which is, you know, Rebs being relentless, excellence, belief and selfless. But at the I think the core of the core covenants, if you will, is excellence, you know, being at your best every single day, you know, fundamentally sound, just, you know, you know, um, doing the things that you need to do and doing them at, to 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 uh, uh the best of your ability. And uh, so the uh, book that we read over the break was a book that we kind of recycled. We read it a few years ago called The Compound Effect. It's it's actually a kind of a self-improvement book by Darren Hardy, who was uh, the longtime editor of Success Magazine. And uh, for those that, that you know, read uh, or, you know, looking for a good kind of self-help book, it's really, it's not for athletes. It's for everybody. It's really, you know, for, you know, business people. But uh, it's just really, I think, black and white, how to be successful in anything. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to make money if you're trying to uh, be a good athlete and um, and so that that was kind of the uh, the theme I think all fall and going into the spring is just trying to be the very best that you can be every single day you're gonna roll Hunter Elliott out there uh, I assume on on opening day um, kind of etched his name into into history because of the way he pitched not just because of the stage but because of how he pitched in big games how will he be different in in year two as a as a starter maybe than he was as a freshman? But because usually there is a learning curve. Yeah, you know, um, I think you know there's one breath that you, you want to say, hey, you don't really have to be different. You know, don't think that you have to. I think uh, everybody's built a little different. You know, and 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 what motivates them and what makes them better. Uh, obviously, everybody wants to improve and get better, but sometimes. Um, you know, more is less, you know, and, uh, you know, trying to be too much or put too much on you. Uh, he's a great, great competitor. It's one of the reasons that he had so much success as a freshman and, as you mentioned, on the biggest stage. And so uh, I, I don't think that is a uh, uh, a worry from any of us. I think that's one of the things that we feel better about this pitching staff than last year in a sense that last year, even though Diamond had returned as a starter, uh, you know, he had never been the Friday night guy. And even though Hunter didn't, he pitched on some really big stages and he pitched against, you know, on those big stages against other people's number one. And so, um, and then he pitched internationally. One, he was on the mound. He was a starter in the bronze medal game against Japan. Um, you know, uh, he's a guy that can handle it. So I don't think that's a worry for any of us. Specifically, you know, what, what to improve on. We, we worked, um, uh, and he worked, you know, with Coach Lafferty um, uh, uh, very hard on improving his breaking ball. We thought that if you look at his game, the one area that he needs to improve on is probably his breaking pitch. Got an outstanding fastball, outstanding changeup, um, uh, but probably an average breaking ball at best, you know. Uh, and so, uh, kind of combined both the slider and the curve to to be more of just a slider. Uh, and I think that'll help him, you know, against left-handed hitters this year. And so, specifically, if you're getting to the nuts and bolts, that that's it. Uh, the other thing is for all the guys, not just Hunter. 
is how do you accept that leadership role? How do you accept, uh, you know, it wasn't a secret that, you know, we had the success last year only because we had great leaders. And uh, now it's time for those those batons from Bench and Elko and Graham and Diamond and Chofi and all the guys last year that held it together, uh, handed to a new crew of guys, guys like Elliot and uh, Doherty and you know, Gonzalez and Harris and Alderman and you know, McCants and all those guys that you know didn't really have to play that role last year. They just had to be you know better baseball players. Now they they got to be better ba- baseball players that are leaders. What about this pitching staff as a whole? Um, you've got a, a a freshman that that people are raving about in, in Grayson Saulnier, a transfer and Xavier. Rivas that maybe people haven't seen before or don't know about if they haven't been to practices or, or fall ball or any of those things, but but just kind of the staff as a whole. Yeah, we, we feel good about it. You know, it's it's not one of those staffs where we woke up, you know, a few years ago in 2021 where you were returning to Casey and Hoagland and two SEC starters that were dominant, two guys that, you know, probably are going to be first or second rounders, you know, when when June comes along, along with a, a guy that pitched as a freshman and Derek Diamond and, you know, Taylor Broadway in the bullpen and some pieces that were kind of already set and you're just trying to find, you know, the pieces that connect to them. Yeah, with this this a little more in depth, but I don't think as much as last year. I think last year, you know, there was a there was, you know, even though we felt like we had some talent in on, on the staff, we just didn't know where those pieces, you know, would fall. And so we just entered the the the, the spring, uh, hoping, you know, that some guys would accept some roles and, and do well. And um, and I think we got fooled a little bit. Not so much uh, once we got through. We won our first nine games last year, but you know, and we ten run ruled. I think five of our first seven games or four of our first six games. Uh, so we were feeling probably pretty good about ourselves. Um, but we knew in this office that you know we we weren't pitching as dominantly as we needed to. You know, once conference play started, and you know, and you know that that. Uh, uh, reared its ugly head pretty quickly, you know, in conference that you know we were going to struggle on the mound, and once that went, you know, uh, we didn't hit it as well either. Um, and so I think we feel better about the pieces of this 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 team on the mound. And last year's team, uh, and I say this, you know, in the office because people forget because we talk, you know, we beat up last year's pitching staff. It just took us a long time to figure it out. Yeah. Once we figured it out, we were pretty good. <laughs> and you know, you, you, we realized that you know we ended up fourth in the conference in pitching. If you're in the top four in the SEC in pitching, you're pretty good. And so now it took us you know 60 games to figure that out. But once we figured it out, we're pretty good. So hopefully we'll figure it out a little quicker this year. It might save a little heartburn along the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, visiting with Mike Bianco, Jacob Gonzalez. So he has the the freshman All American season. He was good a year ago. Numbers were down a little bit. He had that stretch in the postseason where it's like he just couldn't find a hit. And then at the very end, he comes up with these just massive hits, you know, one after another. And he gets, I guess there was a home run that was mixed in there as well. What do you say about him in this line of shortstops that you've had that have been so good now in his third year? He's been an everyday starter since he stepped on (laughs) campus. Well, he's a superstar. And, uh, and you know, really the only number that was down last year was his batting average. He hit about yeah. 270, but he, he hit 18 or 19 home runs. Um, he walked like 20 or 30 more times than he struck out. Um, uh, I think he ended up making like 12 or 14 errors, but he may have made three errors in Omaha. 
And so, like, you know, you're talking about a guy that made around 10 errors at shortstop at, you know, a very difficult position. Um, that's why he's, by most, you know, major league, you know, draft prognosticators, he's picked in the top five of, you know, uh, the guys that are going to be selected, you know, in the major league draft this summer. So with all that being said, uh, he's a star. And, uh, you know, I think cut out of the mold of a lot of the other great ones, Cozart and Kessinger and Robinson and a lot of guys that, you know, Servideo, um, uh, he would hold his own against any of those. But, uh, uh, yeah, a guy that's, uh, I think, just a, a superstar and has showed it, you know, throughout not just his two years here. I mean, he's been a shortstop for the USA national team, you know, for two years in a row. Uh, just uh, just really good, you know, just a really good defender. Um uh, and just an excellent hitter, a kid that will hit for power, uh, will hit for average. Um, just uh, I'm glad he's wearing our uniform. That was part two of our conversation with uh, Mike Bianco. Did that in his office earlier this morning with the national championship trophy just right there in the uh, in the backdrop. We've got more coming up with, uh, with Mike Bianco. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this team, but then kind of get into some big-picture stuff. He talks in detail about some of the, the rule changes with clocks that we uh, we discussed yesterday on the show and also kind of a, a final outlook about the, the health of college baseball as you look all across the country. Part three of our conversation with Mike Bianco on the other side of this timeout. Richard Cross, Michael Borky with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back right after this. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mike Bianco joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Here's part three of our conversation. There's some changes to the rules this year in, in college baseball. And yesterday on the show, we, we went through some of these. I know you've talked about them a, a little bit, but with, with clocks, right? I mean, we're not used to seeing clocks in baseball other than maybe on top of the scoreboard, and it's one of those big, pretty clocks. Um there's been a clock on the the outfield wall for a few years that's largely been ignored, but this seems to be a point of emphasis. Pitch clock, uh, pitching change clock. You know, thirty seconds here, twenty seconds here, two and a half minutes here. Give us kind of your overview. Is this a big deal? How's it going to affect the game? Is it going to be a, a positive effect, net positive long term? Well, just one, I guess, in general, so fans can just take a deep breath. The, the whole goal for the NCAA, which I agree, is, and they've been pushing this for, for a long time, uh, because of TV, because of fans, supposedly, uh, that they want to make the game faster. You know, they, 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 they cringe at a four-hour baseball game or a three-hour and three hour and 42-minute baseball game. Um, you know, some people enjoy that. They, they, they want to sit there and watch all the, you know, the, 
uh, minute things that happen during a game, and and I get that. Uh, but but for to make it more digestible for more fans, to make it more digestible for TV and ESPN and SEC Network to fit it into the time schedules, they're trying to make the game faster. So how do you do that without changing the game, without making it a seven inning game, without playing two outs in an inning, without changing a bat? So people laugh and go, "Oh, well, we'll never do that." Well, we change the bats, and you know, to try to make the game faster. You know, so uh, be careful what you think won't ever happen. Um, but their goal was like Major League Baseball and taking kind of an, uh, uh, a couple pages from their script was how can we make the game faster in the dead time? So when there's nothing being played, how can we speed up the game that won't won't necessarily affect the game or give anybody an advantage? And so those are in between innings, those are in between pitches, those are in between pitching changes and so on. So I don't know if you went through them, but some of the ones that people will be new to. So there will be a clock in, in you know on all the SEC fields. And the rules that I'm going to give you are SEC rules. Some of them are NCAA rules, some of them aren't, but they're all SEC rules where uh, the, the coach only has 30 seconds from the time he leaves the dugout uh, to go speak to, to a pitcher, uh, to make a pitching change or to just speak to him. So the clock starts once he you know gets to, you know, what leaves the dugout, he has to leave the mound by 30 seconds. So you don't have the somebody thinking that the coach is wasting time and it's kind of subjective how long he's allowed to be out there. So, so will you now jog to the mound as opposed to walking? I haven't decided yet. I, I don't know. I, I haven't practiced. That's probably the one thing of the clock we haven't practiced. We'll see. I, I, I will be keeping track of the time, though. Um, two and a half minutes from a time that you make a pitching change. So once you signal to the bullpen and the, and the, the relief pitcher enters the field to play onto the warning track, he has two and a half minutes. Uh, 30 seconds in between hitters and 20 seconds in between pitches, including with base runners. The difference in last year is last year, once a guy started his uh, set motion, so was once he got the signal and started to put his hands together and come set, the clock would stop. And that's why there was so much when you stepped off, you had to feint the throw. You can't just step off because that – you have to restart the clock again, and that would just you know kind of nullify the rule if you could come set and then step off. And so if you're trying to delay the game, so that's why they tried to put that in uh, this year. There is uh, you're allowed to step off, you're allowed to feint the throw. But if you do step off or feint the throw with a runner on base, it's called a reset, and you get one reset per hitter. And so if you do it a second time, it's an automatic ball. The other big thing is when you come set, the clock doesn't stop. It doesn't stop until you actually go to deliver the ball to the plate, and you have 20 seconds to do that. So if you're holding the ball and the pitcher's not really paying attention, kind of like a, a play clock in football or a shot clock in basketball, if he doesn't deliver the pitch in 20 seconds, it's a ball. They'll call timeout and give it a ball. Uh, these times are kind of hardcore press times, unlike the clocks that you were talked about. That did help speed up the game because it made uh, umpires conscious of how much time it took Ole Miss to get back out on the field or Vanderbilt. If they were taking too much time, you could have an umpire run over and say, hey, you guys got to speed it up or whatnot. Now these are hardcore where there's going to be a ball called. And so, um, and the umpires are pressed to, to enforce the rules. It's not their fault. They didn't make the rules. It, they are what they are. So, you know, over the last month, you know, we've, we've, kind of trained and worked hard to hopefully not make it a problem. You said, will it be a problem? You know, um, our goal is for it to be a problem for somebody else, for us to be able to play within the rules, you know, that they state and try to do it comfortably and be able to play the game. There are some good strike zones out there. There are some less than good strike zones that are out there as well. 
for for an umpire who already has plenty on his plate, is this asking them to do too much more to focus on too much beyond what's happening between the the chalk lines? No, because it won't be that umpire that's making the call. It'll be the third base umpire, you know. Uh, and so the third base umpire is in charge of the clock. The yeah. guy that probably has the least you know, amount of responsibility out there. Um, so there, there's four of them out there. So you know they they should be able to you know take care of that. So no, I you know I disagree with that. I, I think you know it's more for them to know and responsibility. But uh, uh, you know at, at the end of the day, you know uh, again they don't make the rules. They're they're there to enforce them. Two more things for you. One, is college baseball healthy or and, – and if yes, is it healthier than it's been in a long time? Oh, I think so. Uh, you know, I think we continue to grow. Um, uh, when you, you, you look at all the variables that I would think uh, that you would try to objectively grade it, like where, where, where we are now, where we were 10 years from, you know, ago or five years ago or 20 years ago, when you look at the facilities, when you look at the attendance, when you look at you know, the money that's being spent by athletic departments, the TV coverage, the streaming, um, um, I think it's as healthy as it's ever been. Uh, um, and it, it's, it's great. It's great to be a part of. I think it's a great time when you look at you know, our conference, but not just our conference, all the you know, conferences around the country. When you look at the College World Series and um, you know, what, what a neat experience. And so many people that went to Omaha, you know, talking, they, they've never been. And talk about you know what an experience you know they've been to so many bowl games and NCAA basketball tournaments, but that was their greatest sporting event ever. You know I heard that time and time again. Um, no, I think college baseball is uh, continuing to grow, and that's a good thing. Last thing, I was um, talking to a basketball coach at a shoot around last week. Uh, this is a guy, and I, and I was trying to be gentle. I said, "You are notoriously." Regimented, And he goes, no, I'm OCD. I was like, okay, you said it, not me. I said, but you're playing really well right now. You've won 11 of your last 13. Are you allowing yourself to enjoy it along the way? And he said he's trying. He, he said, my wife reminds me of that all the time, but I see the big picture, and I don't know if my guys do or whatever. So modification of that question, national championship in the rearview mirror, start of a new season. There's so much to focus on and worry about. The SEC's a grind. Do you allow yourself consciously to enjoy the journey? Um, I think that's kind of a, a, a trick question uh, going into that you just won a national championship last year and you're two days away from you know starting the season. I think I've tried to do what I've always done. I, I think probably if I'm honest over time, I've, I've learned to, um, I don't, I wouldn't call myself OCD, my wife may, but I, I wouldn't call myself OCD. Um, but I'm, I'm a guy that's uh, routine oriented, a guy that tries to be excellent, a guy that um, has a, a routine himself and a system and the way we go about things in this program. And everybody in you know this office, everybody in that locker room understands that and thinks that's the reason that we have success. It's been really, I think, my job individually, personally, to decide what things matter and what things don't. You know, what things are going to help us win uh, and what things, you know, control what you can control, right? Uh, worry about the things that, you know, that are going to matter and help us win. The other things try to let slide. That's hard for people that are built like me and maybe that coach. But I think as you get older, you get wiser. 
And you start to realize that. So it's not caring less. It's caring less about the things that don't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's where everybody thinks, hey, you know, the, the coaches are getting old, you know, that, that coach is getting older and he's getting, you know, easier on the team or, you know, he's changing his ways. He's probably getting wiser to the things that, you know, don't matter as much. So I'm going to let that slide. I think that's part what everybody does, not just coaches, but adults and, you know, grandfathers and, you know, everybody starts to realize what's really important and what's not. So I don't think it's, hey, did I enjoy? I enjoyed coaching when I was 30. Um, uh, but a lot more things bothered me probably when I was 30 than they bother me now. Thanks so much for your time. <laughs> You're welcome. That's Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss, on the heels of a national championship and rolling into the start of a new year. If you missed any of that conversation, you can get it on demand at supertalk.fm, and certainly it will be a part of the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. Go there and click on the Schedule tab, and you'll see all of the events that are coming Coming up, I was talking with uh, some of the folks at M-Trade. They've got a couple of massive weekends that are on the way. Uh, the weekend of March 3rd, U-Triple-S-A baseball tournament. They've got 148 teams that are already registered for that. Over 100 teams that are coming in for a, uh, a tournament in the third week of March. So if you're involved in scheduling, whether you're a coach or an assistant coach or the general manager of a 10U team or maybe just a parent who's involved and helping out with scheduling. Be sure to check out the uh, full schedule at M-Trade Park. It's not just for baseball. you got fast-pitch tournaments and soccer tournaments as well. Just remember, if you're going to play, play M-Trade, mtradepark.com. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you coming up next on Sports Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Okay! Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself! Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. My thanks to Mike Vieco for... Spending about a half an hour with me this morning to uh, do a long interview. It's uh, several years in a row we've been uh, we've been able to do that. Uh, a week or so prior to the start of the season, he's always uh, gracious with his time. I am happy to tell you that uh, all three uh, Division One coaches in Mississippi have agreed to do uh, the Monday interviews with us again this year. So we'll be visiting on Mondays in the three o'clock hour with uh, Scott Berry from Southern Miss in the 4 o'clock hour with uh, Chris Lamonis from Mississippi State and in the 5 o'clock hour with Mike Bianco from Ole Miss each Monday throughout the course of the season after the uh, the previous weekend's games. Uh, all three have been just fantastic with, uh, with their time and doing those interviews over the last few years. And I think it's something that you enjoy a lot and uh, it's certainly something that we enjoy and look forward to as well. I mean, our setup is unique in this state, obviously. But that is also extremely unique in this state. Yeah, it's really cool. Ain't nobody else doing that. Yeah. And I wish there was a way that we could do that during football season as well. I mean, yeah. it would be great if, you know, on Mondays following the weekend or Tuesdays following the week, Mondays probably would be the day to do it. You know, if we could, if we could talk with Will Hall and 
Zach Arnett and Lane Kiffin each week, but uh, football is a little bit different uh, animal. And uh, I'm very appreciative that uh, all three baseball coaches have been kind with their time and their schedule to uh, to do that. We got a message on the ceasefire text line asking asking if the Ole Miss game um, would be on television and if they would carry the championship celebration pregame and all those things. And the answer to that is no, but it will be streaming on the SEC Network Plus, as most all of the games that you watch are. The SEC released its TV schedule. You do not have college baseball from SEC teams on the SEC Network until Sunday, March 5th. Uh, there's a doubleheader that day with Miami and Florida playing each other and Georgia Tech and Georgia playing each other. Um, conference play, television, and, and by the way, Nobody really cares my opinion. I think the SEC Network is missing out big time in not carrying at least one midweek game every week. Because everybody in the SEC plays a Tuesday game or a Wednesday game each week. And a lot of those matchups, now, you don't usually have good matchups all across the league, but there's usually an interesting matchup that's happening on a Tuesday night somewhere in the SEC and it wouldn't be hard to do that because all of these teams are streaming their games. Anyway, even if you don't send announcers, just just take the digital announcers, the, the local announcers, and plug that in. But that's not my decision. When league play gets started, which is the weekend of March 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, Ole Miss Vanderbilt and Alabama, Florida, both on Thursday night on TV. Let me just give you the Ole Miss games and the state games that are going to be on, on television. Um, two from the Ole Miss-Vanderbilt series Thursday and Saturday, one on ESPNU, one on SEC Network. Mississippi State-Kentucky opening weekend will be in uh, Lexington on the SEC Network, the Sunday game. Um, South Carolina at Mississippi State on Thursday night, March 30th, is an SEC Network game. Ole Miss-Texas A&M Saturday, April 1st is an SEC Network game. Uh, there are a couple of wild card weekends that are uh, are mixed in there as well, so that can change. Mississippi State, Alabama, uh, the Saturday game is on ESPNU, so that's a night game in, in Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss at Mississippi State on Saturday, April 15th, will be on the SEC Network. Uh, LSU at Ole Miss, the Saturday game, so the middle game of that series will be on ESPN2. So you get two streaming that weekend and then one that's on ESPN2. Uh, Mississippi State at Tennessee, uh, two of the three games that weekend. So the Thursday night game, Mississippi State at Tennessee, and the Saturday game will be uh, on television. Ole Miss-Missouri on Thursday night. Okay. Guess they got to put some, by, uh, some Missouri games on, uh, on TV. So Ole Miss at Missouri on a Thursday night. Yeah, they kind of spread it around. Um, ooh, Saturday night in Starkville, Arkansas and Mississippi State on May 6th. That'll be great. Auburn at Ole Miss on a Thursday night on ESPNU, Mississippi State at LSU on a Friday night on SEC Network. Uh, that's it. So not a ton. I would love to know what the numbers are. Uh, because you already have, I mean, every game is quote-unquote aired. It's just on a stream, right? It's It's online. It's through an app or whatever. Is the third iteration of SEC now with Dari Noka sitting on some comfy chair talking about previewing spring practice in Lexington with some other guy really doing better than live sports? 
I mean, shouldn't your spring weekends just be filled with live sports? You already broadcast them all. It's not an expense thing. Just pick up the feed. That's all you got to yeah. do. I don't. I don't understand the programming choices unless it is just a better draw to have six hours straight of Dari Noka saying the same thing once an hour. And Dari's really good at his job. Oh, but, yes, and I met yeah, him once, yeah. and he was great. But yeah, super guy. It's a one-hour oh. replay, six hours in a row. I mean, you've got so much softball that's going on and so much baseball that's going on. I, I'm with you. I think Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it ought to be wall-to-wall baseball and softball yep. on the SEC Network. And even if and you gymnastics. delay some of them, even if you don't take all of them live, yeah, go, go back and air them on a delay overnight. We'll be back. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. And of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations across the great state of Mississippi. With Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad is off for the rest of the week. Thanks to Houston and Alex, who's around here somewhere. I think she's tucked away out there uh, for their help. And, she's uh, reading the synopsises or synopses yeah. of every single bill. In the legislature. She has to. That's what I learned. 144 pages worth of bills, I think she told me she had to read. Yeah. Is that really in her is Yep, because they got to track them and figure out which ones are, are, you know, you got to cover and follow. And uh, the sports betting one is not one worth covering or following because it's forming a committee to gather information to possibly have a bill next year so anyway but yeah that's that's what she's doing up there god bless her good good for her so uh, houston and alex here thanks uh, to them and thanks to will east for sliding into michael borky's chair in the uh, studio in jackson we're coming to you from the pearl river resort studio pearl river resort is the home of the sports book at the golden moon casino visit them online at pearlriverresort.com for a yeah, like all the information about all the things that are happening at Pearl River Resort, whether you're talking about the sports book or poker tournaments or restaurant guides or upcoming events or golf at Dancing Rabbit, it's all there online at PearlRiverResort.com. You can be a part of the conversation on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 95cspire.com. That's where you go to get the best deals on both wireless devices and wireless plans. Cspire.com. All right, let's uh, let's get to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. This is Truck Month, Mississippi, which can mean great savings. It also means new vehicles arriving daily, so you can get into a Ford truck like the F one hundred and fifty or the Ford Super Duty, the all-new Ford Super Duty. Or if you're looking for a pickup, check out the Ranger or the Maverick. You can test drive one all across the board at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. We told you this earlier. We'll give you the full list. Now, SEC football media days, July 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. 
from Music City. Nashville is the home this year for SEC Media Days. We will start things off on Monday, July 17th uh, at about lunchtime with a State of the League address from Greg Sankey. We are all rich. Thank you. Well... <laughs> he would not be lying if that's... You know, hey, Texas and Oklahoma are here. That's great. We've already talked about that. Sorry, Ross. You're probably watching. Um, other than you, the rest of you are pumped. See you next year. Like, yeah. I just did a speech for him. Okay. That's simple. You, you did not invoke any famous musicians. No U2 quotes in there. No U2 quotes in there. Although bon, Bono's a piece of work, but... Uh, no, I imagine that address is going to be pretty simplistic, other than he's probably going to talk about Congress again, which that's exciting. He's going to highlight all the championships that uh, were won by the SEC in the previous year. There will be many. Talk about the excitement for a new football season, some of the individual accomplishments of student-athletes across the SEC, uh, the new scheduling model that surely will have been announced by then. I, uh, all the He's going to play yeah, the hits. Of course. So that'll be Greg Sankey. And then... We will get uh, three coaches on that first day. Brian Kelly of LSU, Eli Drinkwitz from Mizzou, and Jimbo Fisher. Those three on the first day. You're trying not to make an Eli Drinkwitz joke right now, aren't you? I'm trying not to. Also, remember Bobby Petrino got hired to be the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M? That is a thing that happened. I am aware. I can never and will never be able to get the image of him in the neck brace with the beat up red face out of my out of my head, never will. Are you trying to see who was testing? Did you hear testing? Yeah, testing? I heard yeah, that. that was, they were checking out the PA system. Uh, it confused me a little bit, but yeah, I'll never get that image out of my head. I saw a great Photoshop. You, think it was, br- you don't think he's bruised anymore? I don't think so. Uh, ego maybe having to work for Jimbo Fisher, but I, I saw a great Photoshop of uh, it was him in his neck brace, but the head was Revely. It was Revely's head on? <laughs> wow. Uh, Good stuff. Tuesday, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. That means Hugh Freeze, Kirby Smart, Zach Arnett, and Clark Lee. Poor Clark Lee's going to be an afterthought. I mean, they always are, but especially that day. I mean, you've got the reigning national champion. You've got a brand-new head coach at Mississippi State. And, oh, by the way, Hugh Freeze. And then you. Yeah. He'll get to go quick in and out. I mean, they'll just do the obligations, and, and that's it for him, but... You know, I'm curious to see how that goes for Hugh. Because his last media days, he filibustered. Talked about this. Man, it's going to be softballs. It's going to be nothing but softballs. I mean, unless Dan Wolken gets on, like, some moral high horse and, you know, wants to ask a question, there there will be no drama with Hugh Freeze at media days. None. None. There should be. There should be. And by drama, I mean just asking appropriate questions. Not What do you want to ask him at this point that he hasn't answered? Well, nobody asked him at his press conference about sending messages to um, alleged victims of uh, sexual assault at his campus. Nobody okay. asked him about that. Things like that. Um, well, you might get a few of those from national guys. I think you're going to. And Auburn will prep him, and he will probably have a good answer. And so far, he's behaved himself on Twitter. So, it will be uncomfortable, because it needs to be uncomfortable. Because his presence in the SEC is uncomfortable. This is the first time he's in that setting 
since he had to resign in shame from Ole Miss. I think that can't just go smoothly. It shouldn't just go smoothly. I know it was a long time ago. I get it. But this is still the first time he's in this setting since then. And his departure from Ole Miss, a member institution who will also be participating in this event, who he will be playing against on the field, spent years reeling from his time at Ole Miss. And it's just, it should be a little bit different than another new hire. Hold on, the the last time he was at Media Days, there was that weird kind of half-cocked press release that circulated. He, He filibustered. No, 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 but it was... Yeah, he went. He went, and he talked on the podium for 30 minutes. That was when the whole phone records it was right started before. happen. At the, yeah, because remember, like everybody was around was talking that that, about it. You had stories going to drop, stories going to drop. What story? I, there's there's going to be a story that's going to drop. Mm-hmm. And everybody was talking about it, but nobody said what it was. He filibustered, got out of there, and it was like two days later, boom, story drops. So they didn't do it when it happened there, but it's going, it should be unique. It should be unique because he is now representing another SEC school after last time being there, tearing one down. Wait, he went to SEC Media Days as the head coach of Ole Miss, but then did not coach that season. That's correct. I've forgotten about that. That is correct. Matt Luke coached that season and did admirably for all the jokes about. The, the Matt Luke tenure at Ole Miss, that was a heck of a coaching job that he did that year just to keep a team together. Uh, I don't know how you do that, uh, considering, again, like you said, their coach went to media days in July talking about the season that he never coached him. On Wednesday, Nick Saban, Sam Pittman, Billy Napier, and Mark Stoops will be there. So you got Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky, and then we'll wrap it up on Thursday with Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and Josh Heupel. Remember, this is in Nashville. So you got Tennessee on the last day. That's kind of like putting Auburn on the last day when the event is in Birmingham, which we, we yeah. saw on the uh, on the Pretty regular. Uh, you got Tennessee on the, the last day, really keeping the, the local folks around Lane Kiffin, who I think has got ties to Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Uh, so those same media people will stay around for that angle, that story. Uh, and Shane Beamer from uh, South Carolina. So that will be the last uh, day of SEC football media days. And, of course, that is in July, the 17th through the 20th of July. Looking forward to it. Truly. It'll, it'll be a minute, but it'll it, get It'll here be quickly. a while, but, but we've got a fascinating year in the SEC. They always are, but this one especially. Bobby Petrino at Texas A&M. Will Jimbo give him full autonomy? Uh, new coordinators in Alabama. Who's going to play quarterback? Nobody that's taken a meaningful snap, as you said earlier this week. Uh, new coordinator at Georgia, replacing a quarterback at, at Georgia, replacing a quarterback at Florida, replacing a quarterback at Kentucky, possibly replacing a quarterback at Ole Miss. New head coach at Mississippi State. You've got storyline after storyline after storyline this year that we didn't have the last couple of years. Not like this. Continuing with you, it is our opening weekend preview show and also national championship celebration. We visited with David Kellum in the first hour of the show. Brad Henderson stopped by. We're going to chat with uh, Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement coming up in this 5 o'clock hour of the show as well. With Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross, Sports Talk Mississippi, with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back.
This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, the eve of a new college baseball season. Happy to be joined by Mike Clement on the Farm Bureau guest line, although that's actually right here in person inside the home ballpark, Swayze Field. He is, of course, the hitting coach and the third base coach, and uh, he's a national championship assistant coach, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. Uh, just in congratulations on that. Thank you. Enjoyed the ride. Uh, can't believe it's a quick off season, but that's what you want. And uh, and here we are, ready to kick it off and try to climb that mountain again. Yeah, it does make for a shorter off season, but I'm assuming it's a trade off that as a baseball coach you're willing to make every year. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just, perfectly just fine with that. For... I have uh, listened to your show when I come home from practice on the way home. I assume that you have mentioned it. Most days, right? Not, not as many days as Hey Dad did last year. That right. was a thing where it was an every single day thing that I heard about. So, and, uh, so I listened a lot more this fall, winter, and, and spring. I got a little tired of it last year. And so, you know, clicked on some music or something else uh, last, last year as I was driving home. Hey, Alex, you tell Laugh he can come on in. We'll just we'll move everything for him. We'll rearrange stuff. We'll make sure that, uh, you know, it doesn't mess up the video stream. We'll get in here and snuggle. Kind of, kind of some tight quarters here in the visiting uh, radio booth. But uh, there we go. Just do live radio. Why not? Uh, good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi this afternoon. So if you're watching on Super Talk TV, immediately to my right, Mike Clement, and uh, to his right, Carl Lafferty. You guys, between the two of you, you're closing in on a head of hair. Oh come on! <laughs> Listen, I between cut, the two of you, I cut mine this way. Okay. God did that to him. Yes. God did. He did. Three beautiful children. You do have three baseball. beautiful children, beautiful wife, great family. That's right. There's a lot of good, right? A lot of good. So if you got to sacrifice hair, you're, you're okay with it. I am. I am. What has the, uh, for the two of you guys, what's what's the build-up to this season been like? Because it's a different off-season than either of you have ever experienced before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the cool thing about coaching at this place, the expectations are always pretty high. Uh, I've heard that. But probably a little more of a fever pitch coming coming into this year and all the pregame festivities and, and all the things that happen in the fall that you're well aware of and uh, certainly a lot more pats on the back, which 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 are fun. It's it's awesome and we feel like we have a really good club again, so it's it's exciting. What did it mean on the recruiting trail? Um, you know, now, I mean, I understand that you're recruiting preschoolers at this point. Like, the baseball calendar is so far out. Correct. But but in terms of existing relationships and also starting to build new re- relationships, did, did it have a tangible effect? Uh, it does. And I think it's uh, sometimes it's hard to notice, especially rolling right off the plane into recruiting season last summer. Uh, I think you're you're really there. Uh, winning the national championship's great, but probably one of the things that that comes with it as a recruiting coordinator is you realize you haven't been on the road for a while, and everybody else has. So mm-hmm. there's that twinge in your stomach where you're like, "Hey, I've got to get out and see players." And so it almost feels like uh, business as usual, you know, because you just get back in the same normal routine. But you know, uh, hindsight, you look back on it, and um, obviously new opportunities. 
new connections that you make, people that reach out and you know have interest in the program because of you know what they saw transpire in Omaha with uh, not only us winning but you know the fan reaction and the support there, and that causes them to dive in a little bit more and look around and go, "Hey, man, Oxford, Mississippi is a really cool place to play college baseball." So uh, it has certainly had an impact and an effect, uh, and I think I just I feel it you know the further we get away from it. Clem, I, I did not see you post-game in Omaha, but laugh at me, hair jokes aside, one of the coolest moments for me a, as part of that Omaha experience was seeing you in the lobby, and we sat and visited for, I don't know, 15 minutes on that, that Sunday night after it was all said and done, and just kind of watching people come and go and, and kind of getting to watch you soak it in, was it was really neat. I, I asked Mike this yesterday when I sat down and visited with him. Was, was there a point, or, or when was the point, after you got back to Oxford, after the celebration was over, where you sat down by yourself, back porch, with your wife, whatever, and kind of exhaled, and you're like, that really happened? Uh, for me, you're going to laugh. Um, it was our Christmas card. Like, it was Christmas before it really set, okay. set sunk in for me, because kind of what I said about the recruiting, man, you hit the ground running, and you're flying. Like, you are just going. Then your new team's rolling in, and you're going, going, going. Really, the first time we slow down is we, you know, after Thanksgiving, when our guys are out of here, there's no recruiting to be done, and you start to think about it. And and I remember my wife getting a Christmas card made, and that was a, a picture, our family, with the trophy on the field. And uh, as Clem will tell you, like, I'll, I'll shoot him a text, like, hey, man, we won the national championship. Uh, and so I, I think it was probably a little further away from me. How about you? Yeah, I think every every year Mike forces Laugh and I to take a vacation in August, right before school uh, starts. And my wife and she put the bill for that. No, you know what? That's I mean, he forces you to do it. I mean, it just feels like he should. He's well compensated. He he is. Uh, (laughs) We went to Destin and and sat on the beach and I'll pitch that idea to him for you. Please do. Please do. (laughs) And. had a national championship koozie and looked down and was like, no way. Like, uh, it happened. Now, the other time it sets in, and and laugh said it, occasionally we talk more to each other than we do our wives just because of the nature of what we do. Uh, but we'll be talking about a recruit on the phone or we'll be in a hotel in, in Atlanta recruiting in the summer and laughs pretty good about interrupting just a serious recruiting conversation be like, hey, we're national champions. So uh, that those moments, and they sound trivial, uh, are really cool uh, because it did happen. And and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that it's completely set in for me, and I don't know when that happens. But just like tough losses, like 2018, uh, when I get over that, I'll let you know. Uh, and I and and so I I don't know that it's completely sunk in yet, even with with everything that's gone on in the last whatever seven or eight months. The relationship that the two of you have strikes me as a little unique in college baseball because I know you're, sure. you're close friends and your families are friends and, and you work kind of offices are beside each other. I don't know that that exists on every coaching staff. I mean, you, you guys would have a better idea of that. I mean, I, I would think that most staffs get along, but I'm, I'm curious if the relationship the two of you have exists elsewhere. I, I let him know how lucky he is every day, he and my wife. Um <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that is something that is uh, that is unique. Um, you know, probably the the biggest thing for Clem is I think he uh, one he balances me out really well. Uh, like our personalities. You can complete be a, him. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
he he I can get really uh, uh, worked up about things, and he can be a very a calming influence. Um, but it's uh, it's exactly what you say. I mean, the, the cool thing is, you know, obviously coming to the field's fun, being around our guys, being in that office, not just with Clem, but with the the rest of our staff. Um, but even on the road in the summers, that's probably when it really, really hits home for me. So, so this might be uncomfortable for me to, to throw at you both, and I, I don't mean for it to be. I think I know the two of you well enough to know that at some point both of you would like the opportunity to run your own program. Sure. Um, and I think I know that both of you have had opportunities to do that, but maybe it wasn't the right spot or the right time. You're in kind of a unique place in that you're in the best conference in the country at a place where you just won a national championship where the facilities are unbelievable, and it kind of limits the opportunities that make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, in a weird way, it really does. You know, like the the beauty of coaching in this league for the guy that we coach for um, with the security uh, that, that he has, especially now, um, it would it would take something real, and I think it goes back to relationships. At least for me, I don't want to speak for laugh, but your 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 last question I think uh, lands really heavily for me when I'm making those decisions. Whenever they come up, it's uh, we're at a great place, and the fans and all of well compensated. All of those things are true, but it's really more about the relationships. Our wives are friends. We happen to be the same age, and and our kids are in, in about the same age, and um, and so. It, it makes this place really cool. And Oxford I- itself is, is a really neat place. As you know, you live here and have for a really long time. But um, so it's not lost on me that I'd love to run my own program at some point. But but I, I'm not in such a hurry to do that that I, that I want to just give up this. Because I think us as young coaches, uh, I know for me that has been at uh, four different programs, the hope when I was at UTSA raking the field was I just want to get to a place where I can coach and have a chance to win a national championship and so now that I'm at that place, I'm not in a hurry to leave. Uh, and I think he said it really well, uh, all the points that he made. But I think even beyond that, you look at, uh, you look at your family. And so uh, where mm. I'm raising my kids, uh, my wife being you know, uh, Ole Miss alum, her parents an hour away, uh, and the fact that I wake up excited to go to the office every day, I mean, that's, uh, that's not lost on me. You guys have time to hang to talk about this team a little bit? We'd love to. Another break. Absolutely. Carl Lafferty and Mike Clement. Carl is the uh, pitching coach and recruiting coordinator at Ole Miss. Clem coaches the hitters and is the third base coach. we got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Coming to you from Swayze Field on the eve of opening day. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Come on. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Half an hour left on this Thursday afternoon on the eve of a new college baseball season. 
This is our national championship celebration show and also the college baseball preview show. Uh, not that you guys care about this, but it's kind of cool two years in a row to, to get to do this at a ballpark in the state of Mississippi. We were in Starkville a year ago today, and uh, to get to be here, it, it really – I know it's not lost on you guys, and, and I'm not excluding Southern Miss. I mean, you played them in the, the Super Regional a year ago, and I think, like me and everybody, think the world of Scott Barry. Um, golly, this state, college baseball, just kind of across the board, it's just insane. I'm thankful for it. I, there aren't many sports talk radio shows in America that get to spend as much time talking about college baseball as we do. No, it's uh, uh, I use the line in recruiting a lot. When you start talking about the actual population of the state, uh, three million, maybe a, a little less. Uh, yeah. There's more people like in Pinellas County, Florida, than you know in our entire state. And you're talking about three college baseball programs that are as good as any that host regionals, uh, compete on the national stage year in and year out. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, turning the page to, to this team, which, by the way, has to happen tomorrow, have you guys seen any signs that concern you about the actual team's ability to say, that was last year, and now we got to start over? If we say yes to that today, we ought to be fired. Uh, <laughs> no. The, the, like, wow, that guy is really honest. <laughs> he is really honest. Uh, the, the, the core group that we have back um, – as as people, and we lost some really good ones in Elko and Graham and Bench and Dunhurst and uh, those guys. But the core group that we have back, uh, they're they're good dudes, and and uh, and so uh, they they love to work, they love to go about their business, and uh, certainly they have enjoyed um, what comes with winning a national championship. I I, I think, um, but I feel like there's been a really good balance of being able to enjoy that, which you should. And understanding, like Mike says in our team meetings, there's 40 guys in there and 20 of them didn't yeah. win a national championship. And so uh, the leadership, uh, you know, from Garrett Wood. And it's got to be a bummer for those guys. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can get their, their own. But I'm, I'm sure there was some jealousy going through uh, watching our guys do the Walk of Champions and seeing the rings and, and all of those things. But the character of our leadership, it, I, I think, is really strong. And then. Let's be honest. The, the other thing I think that probably no one talks about, the best prospect on our team by far is Jacob Gonzalez. And that guy would just as soon go to the dentist and get a root canal than stand here and put this head, head, headset on and, and talk to the media. And so just by nature, uh, he's humble. And I think when other guys look at that and what he is, and they're like, well, he's not, doesn't have a huge ego. Like, who am I to? So uh, I think that goes a long way. You know, he's not going to be super vocal, but the way he goes about his business uh, radiates off of him to, to, to other people. You, um, you're going to run a guy on the mound tomorrow that was, uh, was pretty good as a uh, true freshman in Hunter Elliott. I asked Mike this yesterday. I'm curious your response. In, in terms of growth from a guy that was a, a freshman All-American and pitched on the absolute biggest stage and pitched really well mm-hmm. on, on the biggest of stages, what is his next step in terms of development? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing was he kind of, you know, he wasn't in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year. So he's a guy that came on and obviously was terrific and then, you know, finishes the summer on a high pitching for Team USA and performing well there. I think now, you know, you're coming into the league where everybody knows about you. And there's been some individual development. And like he's, he's worked on some specific things like his breaking ball. Um, but it's the ability to be the Friday night guy that is consistent, not perfect. Uh, and I think that's a hard thing, too. After you've had such a great year, you know, internally kids can expect, uh, 
you know, literally they, they think they're supposed to walk on water. They're supposed to throw a shutout every game. But can you just be really consistent? Can you be the same guy? Can you post 14 weeks in a row and consistently be the workhorse for that staff? And so I think that's a different deal. I mean, you, you saw it. You know, Nikhazy, uh obviously made that transition really well from his freshman to sophomore year and, and continued on. And, you know, the cool thing about Hunter is just the, the intangibles. He's such a competitor. Uh, he loves to be out there. He loves to compete. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch him throw tomorrow. Quick scout on the other two guys that we're going to see this weekend in, in Grayson Sonye and uh, Xavier Rivas. Yeah, uh, Sonye, really talented freshman, uh, fastball, 91-95. Uh, he's uh, going into scouting report mode. Yeah, it, I am. Just uh, immediately, he yeah. went straight to 91-95, got a good breaking ball. Uh, well, plus, plus. It's a, it's a four-pitch mix, um, you know, uh, polished, you know, for a young guy. Uh, Xavier Rivas, uh, left-hander, 88-92, two different breaking balls, uh, competitor, high-energy guy. Uh, both guys, you know, both of them have had really good falls and springs. Clem, I want to ask you about a, a development of a specific player. So Kemp Alderman, two years ago, I felt like the way people described him was country strong. And, th- and then you saw him hit a baseball, and you're like, good gosh. Ball jumps off his bat. It sounds different. It looks different. And he has the massive hit against LSU two years ago, the grand slam, the comeback, and all those things. But he also looked bad a lot yeah. at, at the plate. Swung at a lot of stuff. Couldn't hit a breaking ball. And then last year, he makes this massive jump to look like a hitter as opposed to just a, a swinger. Bad. Sorry. <laughs> to look like a hitter as opposed to a guy that just swings freely at the baseball. Keep Sorry. Rolling, Richard. I, just Keep rolling. To, I just needed yeah. to uh, adjust that for a second. Um, how does that development happen, and what is the next step in his development? Well, I, I think it's a couple things for Kemp. He, he, he probably swung and missed at 60% of the pitches that were th- – thrown to the plate the fall of his freshman year, like you said, and um, was just a little bit overmatched and overwhelmed, probably more overwhelmed than he was overmatched. And, and, and he's, a, he's a guy of comfort, and so uh, he was just able, never able to get there. He had the big hit against LSU. That was one of two hits he had on the year. You know, we were going to redshirt him, and we kind of pulled that off. We felt like we needed another bat. and uh, it did, didn't You're pan- only going to get two. That was a good one yeah, for one of these. No doubt. It didn't pan out for him. He didn't. He didn't even travel with us to the Super Regional in Tucson. Yeah. And um, a year ago right now, we didn't know what we had. The big development probably um, was for him to go off and play summer ball. You know, he went he went out to Maryland and played uh, all summer after his freshman year and was able to get a ton of at-bats. And he was really a much better hitter than what he showed as a freshman. He just was never able to get in the lineup, never able to, to see a bunch of pitches. And then last year, you know, he had, a, he had a good fall, and we made the decision that he's going to be in our lineup every day. And um, it, it was amazing and, and a little bit surprising even to me that he was going to be able to spit on breaking balls as well as he did all year last year. It got to the point where uh, I felt like there were, there were different times over the course of our season where I felt he, like he had our best approach of anyone, uh, one through nine, and uh, felt like he was going to spit on breaking balls. And then you couple that with the, the physical tools that he has, um, just the ability to hit a ball as hard as anybody I've ever coached. Really, anybody I've ever coached, and um, now he's got the bat-to-ball skills, and um, yeah, his development has been a, incredible, it, it, absolutely incredible. Laugh. Let me ask you about two guys on on the staff: um, Jack Doherty, who you know goes out and delivers these five magical innings that you, you know maybe are the difference in winning a national championship and not winning a national championship, um, and he's not in the rotation to to start the season. 
What's that conversation? What is his role? Uh, well, his role this weekend is to be our closer. Okay. Um, and first, tr- true closer or no? He can go out and give you some length. We um, we worked him up as a starter, and certainly uh, by all stretches, Jack could start. Like he yeah. pitched well enough to one hundred percent start. Uh, but probably where there's a lot of newness is is the pitching staff having a lot of young guys, and you know losing Josh Mallets, who was the guy that you know was potentially going to be at the end of the game for us. You know we're looking at the bullpen, and we really want to solidify that moving forward. And so Jack gives you that. Uh, I mean, for lack of better terminology, he's a Swiss Army knife. You know, he can start, he can pitch out of the back end because he's done it so much. Uh, he's got great stuff. Uh, his stuff is taking a step forward, not, you know, from a velocity standpoint, but his secondary stuff's even better. And so that's the thing, uh, you know, as we as we go through this non-conference schedule, uh, I mean, you may wake up and Jack Doherty may be starting for us. Sure. But there's just a, a lot of unknowns of, of guys that maybe, you know, haven't been out there uh, and, and having someone with some experience to come in in a close game to, to close it out, especially early when other guys get experience, is good. Can he go – Couple times in the weekend, uh, early uh, can maybe he? yes. It, it all depends on how long he goes. And what I mean by that, if he goes out there and runs, you know, forty-five, fifty pitches. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I mean, if he goes out and gets you two outs on seven pitches to close out a game, he can oh, turn one, around and go Saturday or, or Sunday. One hundred percent. Okay. Uh, he absolutely can do that, especially like in the in the true sense of a of a closer's role, meaning I'm going to come in and throw the ninth inning, similar to what you saw Taylor Broadway do. Sure. Uh, but the cool thing about Jack is. You can get to the sixth inning, and it can be a close game, and you can put him in, and it's over. You know, and that's uh, that's the unique thing that he brings to the table. Can't tell you both how much I appreciate your time. Last last thing, Ethan Groff question: Is he the closest thing? And, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anybody that's played in the outfield, but to a true outfielder that you guys have had in a few years. I think. I think for me, since JB Woodman, probably, yeah. um, just because we've kind of rotated some some other guys out there, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's as 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 good as that is. He's he's going to move TJ to a to a corner, and if you're doing that, you've you've done a pretty good job. No question. Thanks so much for your time, both of you. You got it, buddy. Do it. And uh, good luck this year, and uh, enjoy it. I'm glad we got baseball weather coming for tomorrow. Yeah, we do. Forties, forty-five. It's yeah, perfect. Uh, north wind, twelve miles an hour. Be great. We'll wrap it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi from Swayze Field in Oxford in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks to Mike Clement and Carl Lafferty. We'll be right back. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. 
One last time on this Thursday afternoon. Show has gone quickly. Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Big thanks to uh, Carl Lafferty and uh, Mike Clement for uh, spending a couple of segments with us uh, to uh, to wrap up this season preview edition of the show. Also looking back and uh, reflecting on the uh, the national championship season for a year ago. Those guys were great. And uh, you can tell when... I mean, they mess with each other and they pick at each other like brothers do. But uh, there is a deep friendship there uh, in addition to uh, working relationship. I wonder how easy it is to build a friendship when you win a championship together. Do you think that helps? I think the friendship probably helped them get through the month or so before winning the championship. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, that's probably when they really needed to be able to lean on each other uh, a little bit more. Um it's been fun this afternoon. David yeah, Kellum. It's uh, got cold quick, too, but that's okay. Houston said from uh, the time the show started to uh, where we are now, 17-degree drop. So Feels like it. You can tell. It is falling and will continue. Oh, that's a light rain. That uh, Oh, the blue hens. Delaware has just arrived at the ballpark, and uh, they're going through some BP stuff. I, I don't think it's supposed to be a significant rain, so hopefully for their sake and everybody else's it won't be. You know, they schedule this game. It gets cold in Mississippi. They're aware of that. But they yeah. schedule this game so they can come south and have actual baseball weather. Sure. And, and it's tomorrow be okay. it's going to be 40. Well, yeah, but, I mean... What, Saturday, look- Sunday better? Yes. Um, let's see. Weekend as a whole. So the game's at 4 tomorrow and, what, noon and noon or 1 something and noon like or something like that. So tomorrow the high is 46. So it'll be 46 at game time, 45 at game time, and then it'll get cold in a hurry. Saturday's the highest 55, and Sunday 63. Oh, Sunday, that's a good day. They'll appreciate that, being from where they're from. And the sun's going to at least peak out for all three days. What Super Bowl-winning quarterback By the way, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 70, 76, 76. When they're not playing. Love it. Oh, it's uh, the guy that was at Baltimore. He's got the big arm, right? Yeah, but who is it? I cannot think Joe Flacco, Flacco. a yeah. former. I mean, I could like see Blue him. I just Hen. right there couldn't come up with his name. Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl winner can never take that away from him. You are right about that. I got to see that, unlike uh, the Dallas Cowboys when they won their last Super Bowl, because I was one. I remember Flacco winning his. <laughs> You're a broken record, man. <laughs> Sorry, Hunter, that was specifically directed at you. It wasn't, but you took the pot shot. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. What did he say? Nothing. It's just Hunter always gets upset with me when I take shots at the Cowboys. Because it, it's it's not an anti-Dak thing. It's an anti-Cowboys thing. Look, I'm a small market fan. I hate the Lakers because they get stuff that my Pelicans don't. I hate the Cowboys because they get this treatment like they are just some untouchable franchise, and yet the Giants have more Super Bowls than they do since I've been one years old. You missed my Freudian moment a little bit ago. What would you do? Aside from the hair thing. Oh, no, I just make fun of a bald guy. It's no big deal. Um, no, I was talking about Kemp Alderman and his development, and I was—I had in my mind, you know, you, you hear guys all the time talk about, you know, he started out as a thrower, but he became a pitcher. And so I was talking about Kemp Alderman, and I Whoops. was like, somewhere along the way he has become a hitter. He started out just as a swinger. And I was—I just paused, Well, and I, and I looked at him, and I was like, hey, 
person who swings. Maybe he's the a bat, big fan of pineapple. I don't reckless know. Reckless abandoned. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happened. <laughs> it just happened that way. Uh, uh, that's but, a guy that could break out, though. I mean, old, old Miss fans know who Kent Balderman is, and, and for good reason. But that's the kind of guy that you could look up, and he leads the SEC in home runs this year. Yeah, the guy has pretty good, pretty stiff competition for yeah. uh, for for that title. Wait, something in the SEC in baseball is difficult? No way. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, we talked about Mississippi State, Kentucky last night. Was a pretty good night in the league. Uh, Tennessee, sixty-eight, fifty-nine. A, uh, a winner over Alabama. That was a big home win for Tennessee. Gave Alabama their first SEC loss. Florida beat Ole Miss 79-64. Texas A&M defends the home floor. They win by 6, 62-56 over Arkansas. One week at number one for Alabama. Oh, you mean that guy? Oh, so you remember, I, remember we talked about there being all four home teams were favorites last night. Yep. Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi State were all three or three-and-a-half-point favorites, and then Florida was a ten-point favorite. Three of the four covered. Mississippi State was the only one that uh, that did not. Go figure. Big Blue kind of spoiling the party. They uh, they tend to do that sometimes. Hey, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. It's been a fun show. I uh, appreciate all the guests on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. If you missed any of the show, you can always go back and get it on demand, supertalk.fm, or download the podcast. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you by Genteel Apparel. Visit them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. And by Visit Oxford online at visitoxfordms.com. For Michael Borky and Will Lee, special thanks to Alex in Houston for helping us make it happen on the road. I'm Richard Cross. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. This show was previously recorded. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.